ill-formed. Oh, also, I run D&D. Yes. Yes. They, he is our DM for a very good run of a custom world called Verkennen, which we have also recorded. Get pumped. It's out on this podcast network. <laughs> That's going to be wild. Yep. I'm not even there for game ever anymore because school is eating my life. Okay. Drink your wine. That's what I'm, I'm deciding what Take I would like to drink. Oh, fancy glass. Yep. Got it. We are professionals here. We are professionals. We take Professionally free- unprofessional. We take the free glassware that we got at the grocery store for trying beer and we pour wine into it. I mean, that's that's a great system though, right? It's like, would you like to try this beer and also get this free fancy beer glass, but beer also yeah. spend $15 on a four pack of beer? Yeah. You know, he was such a nice guy and he gave us free pour tokens for the brewery. He did. So really we got many things for that $15. And for, for what it's yeah. worth. And again, we're not sponsored, although... Greater, greater good. good. Greater good if you would like to sponsor us. I think you're better than Delirium Tremens. Ooh, Delirium, fighting words for you. They don't care. They're so yeah. big. They're we're, way too Belgian. Yeah, and Dutch. we're we're super not a big deal, so. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Allie, what are we drinking? Oh, we are drinking 19 Crimes, The Vanished, Dark Red. The Banished. Banished? You kept tell- telling no, me it was The Banished. I said The Banished. They're really bougie. It's The Banished. <laughs> Alexa, no. <laughs> <laughs> The robot who lives in our home is listening to us. I'm aware that Alexa, I told Alexa to eat the rich earlier, but like when I said they're bougie, I didn't mean start again. Romans. Let's talk about Romans. Yeah. All right. Warren, what interests you about Romans? So, I guess I first started getting into just devouring a lot of the history of ancient fucking Rome. The Republic mostly, the Empire a little bit, Tacitus in particular, um... Joseph, I've forgotten his last name, but the one Jewish writer at the time who was like, one of the other two reliable sources for the first century. And a lot of that came from listening to podcasts, uh, most of the history of Rome, and then a lot of my own reading between, you know, old dead white guys and older dead white guys. Because, of course, Rome, it's all dead white guys. Um, yeah, so I've done a lot of reading and listening to podcasts and shit on about Rome because it interested me a lot and to a certain point a lot of it like informs my general philosophy the good parts of it that you can take from the really twisted fucked up society they came from and turn into something productive um, so what's there's a, the twisted fucked up society they came from patriarchal oligarchy oh what happens God. when you combine oligarchy with patriarchy and then call it a republic America eh. right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes um, yeah. anyway yeah a bunch of rich old white guys dictate the state of affairs. Whoa. Oh, that doesn't sound familiar. Close to home. Uh, oh. um, also, a long time ago, but also now. Yeah. It's almost like nothing has changed. But it's one of those things where, like, ignoring, not ignoring, briefly putting aside the ridiculous flaws of all of these people and, like, taking, like, oh, you know, Marcus Aurelius, when you read this stuff, like, yeah, sure, he tried to commit two genocides. Um, but when you read the meditations, you're like, oh, some of this shit makes sense. Um, you know, when you get up in the morning two hours early, maybe you should just get out of bed. Your body's told you to get up. And, I don't know, about half the time I say fuck that and roll back over. But, you know, it's sometimes a general philosophy shit, and a lot of it's world-building, because Rome, I feel, is both incredibly interesting to read over and look at for things like the several, uh, uprisings of the plebs. Eat the rich. Um, <laughs> hey. Combined with the parallels, I wouldn't call it one-to-one analogies, with American history, because Americans could not get off that Roman dick. We have the Order of Cincinnatus. What's that? 
the Order of Cincinnatus was, in Roman times, a soldier society for any soldier. The Order of Cincinnatus in American times was an order of soldiers for rich officers. Whoa. That doesn't sound like America at all. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati. And they stole a lot of shit from the Romans, and a lot of speeches during the American Revolution were, like, modeled after Cato talking shit about uh, Mark Antony. So yeah, both the parallels to modern society, my own general interest, world building, because I feel like it's generally untapped or at least unseen, um, and also it's fun to kind of read a parallel history without having to cry over the current state of affairs. <laughs> I love not reading. Just read about Rome instead. <coughs> it's the same thing. And it's over. How do you feel about uh, Roman mythology, Warren? Um, it's mostly Greek. Yep, that's, a, that's the best summation I've ever heard. Um, how do you feel about Assassin's Creed or uh, not Origins Odyssey? Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Also, mostly Greek, except for the mm-hmm. architecture. Sorry. <laughs> except annoying. for the architecture, it's not Greek. I, I think it is in some cases, but in so many cases, it just looks like discount Europe, fifteenth century. It's like, come the fuck it's on. It's almost like they're basing it on the prior games they've made. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to jump to conclusions here. But we we like the game. We do. We love <laughs> the game. Thank oh. you for making Cassandra. Perfect. Ubisoft sponsor us. Is yes, that Ubisoft? Please. Bethesda? Yes. Ubisoft. Oh. No, I'll edit out the, the other word you said. French Canadians sponsor us. Um, also employ us. Je parle français. We're, we're all Je... getting degrees in writing. We're so smart. Je parle <laughs> français très bien. <laughs> Have I cursed yet? No. Nope. Yeah. There. <laughs> yes. Now you are allowed again. to curse on this podcast. Okay. Are we? Yeah. I, oh, fuck yeah. There's no bleeping. What, like FDA? What? I don't. I mean, not FDA. <laughs> FCC. FCC. Yeah, F- well, it's it's oh. another F word. That's, that's, that's not another real. F word. That's another F word. <laughs> fuck Agit Pie and fuck the FCC. Hi, I know I sound like a crazy socialist that wants to murder all the rich, but 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 only these ones. <laughs> um, for the people who have to consider whether or not to post our podcast, we're not actually condoning murder. We Tweet are... Agit Pie with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> also, nobody said murder. Oh, okay, you did say murder. You said a lot of murder. I said eat the rich. I mean, we can say Maybe. that word. We can say whatever words we almost whatever. We should words not words. incite murder. Nope, we will That's not. We don't. <laughs> I am a pacifist. Do Follow my lead. Don't do what I say. Yeah. But why cool. do I keep doing? That? I don't know. You keep doing that right next to the microphone. I'm playing with my glass, and it keeps clinking the other glass. My water glass. Is it empty? My water glass. No. 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 It's fucking what? bad luck. I thought I drank it. Okay. <laughs> Everything with water is bad luck. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> tell, us a good, tell us a good story about Rome. <sighs> I guess if we had to pick one thing, we could pick, like, one of the worst managed conspiracy theories that have ever been. Ooh, yay. Or all of them. That I don't sounds know great. Anymore. I'm trying to think of the Catalan conspiracy, and I'll give background for that in a heartbeat. Um, but there were a lot of really dumb conspiracies in Rome. Hashtag Trump Tower. Yes. Uh, dumber than that. Oh, hey, but, I mean, like, poorly managed conspiracies is what I'm, yes. Um, where it's like, oh, well, you know, there's a bunch of us rich-ass nobles, let's see, what can we do? Well, you know, Cicero's in the Senate House. And Cicero's, you know, essentially the greatest orator of the first and second millennia, apparently. I'm guessing that's why all the the people just model speeches off what he wrote, never mind that he did end up getting killed. It'll happen. Yep, but the Catalan conspiracies happened at the near end of the Republic, so 50 BC, give or take, 48. And it was more or less a guy, um, I don't forget if his name was Catalan or Catalina or Catalino, pseudo, uh, um, 
Proto-Italian? Yeah, Proto-Italian. Pseudo-Proto-Italian name. Um, and this dude, I forget why he's pissed off. I think he thinks that he's the true restorer of the Republic, but like pretty much any other, any other dude in history. And it's all, it's all just, it's all the dude. But pretty much like any other dude in history. He's like, okay, well, let's see. I think that I can truly restore the democracy. So I'm gonna try to pay off the military officers to kill the current government. And that's gonna work real well. As it turns out, you do that and then it doesn't turn out very well. And because you can't, you can't. It never works. Ex well, the military jungas in the 20th century not included, um, but it didn't work in Rome at that time. It worked. Rome is a contradiction. But so the dude tries that and ends up being found out because of course he is, and ends up being tried by Cicero and pretty much sentenced to death in what is a absolute nonsense court and immediately killed because, you know, Cicero had to fuck up too. They all did. And Cicero's fuck up was trying to get these people killed as quickly as possible. So Cataline, Catalino, Cata, Cattle, whatever, uh, tries this and the Cattle conspiracies go down in fire because why would you try that? And of course, not long after, Cicero ends up dead because you don't piss off Mark Antony. Cicero tried to piss off Mark Antony and that got him killed. You know, anytime anybody says Mark Antony, I just, you know the singer Mark Antony? Yeah. I can't. I I can't he not. He was married to J Lo. Jennifer. He sang a lot of very <laughs> soulful songs in the early aughts, and I just imagine his face, and it's very, very strange because See, I, I know just, the context we're talking about, yeah. but I can't See, not think. Of I just him. think Shakespeare, which is also not a very flattering version of Mark Antony. Okay, so J Lo's husband kills Cicero. Um, <laughs> That's, and that's history. Nails, <laughs> like, nails various parts of him to the front of the Senate House to, like, send the wait, message. Wait, what? Yes. So, wait, what? so Catalina Wine Mixer got his revenge, but right. posthumously. Uh, so after uh, the Catalina Wine Mixer that Cicero broke up, <laughs> uh, J-Lo's husband, Mark Anthony, goes, okay, hold up a second, maybe that was a bit much. He doesn't say that. What he actually says is, oh man, I hate all these other guys and I want to kill them. <laughs> um, and Cicero replies to that by releasing, I believe it's the 12 orations? Or the 18 orations. He fucking goes at Mark Anthony's throat. He goes straight for that man's life. Uh, which you shouldn't do during a period of civil war in which you're not a general. Huh, Usually cool. not a good idea. So Cicero goes wild doing that, and then after, um, and Caesar is still alive at this point. Caesar being the person keeping everybody from murdering everybody else. That's and then, last. <laughs> yeah, and then Caesar gets stabbed the shit out of. Um, Surprise! Yes. Uh, well, I forget who stabbed him first, but he's like, "What? This is violence!" And he's like, "Yeah, dude. What the fuck did you expect?" God, that is also a dumb conspiracy plot that shouldn't have worked. Because just like, yeah, let's distract Mark Anthony long enough to get this kind of aging white guy in a room with thirty other men with knives. Um, yeah, they only stabbed him twenty-seven times. Yes, although Etwo YouTube Brutus was never said because. Chances are your last words, if you've been stabbed 27 times, are... <coughs> um, like death gurgling. Death gurgling and, like, I don't have air to breathe. Yes. Um, so anyway, Caesar dies. Uh, Mark Antony flees Rome for reasons? I forget why. I think because he realizes that everybody now wants to kill him because Caesar's dead. Well, according to Shakespeare, the conspirators are running amok. The liberators. Oh, yes. Uh, not that anybody really liked them either because, as it turns out, Caesar made stability. Though he also committed a lot of genocide. Everyone, I'm detecting a theme of everyone we're talking about just also did genocide on the side. 
A third of them. Like a side gig? Like, oh, uh, this is my... Yeah. This is my little side gig. Oh, that's terrible. It, it's worse because it wasn't even a side gig for any of them. It was more like, uh, this is how I get my promotion. Uh, um, Romans. Y'all. Yeah. Great. But like ancient Romans, not modern Romans. Maybe also. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on from my views on the Vatican. The, the, uh, the nailing shit to the door. And by shit, I mean a person. Right. So, um, Caesar is killed, uh, the Second Civil War and the Second Triumvirate breaks out. Uh, Mark Antony flees Italy into Gaul with a shitload of soldiers, and Caesar, Octavian, Gaius, Julius, Roman, Latin names, something or other, uh, chases after him and eventually goes, well, wait a second, Mark Antony's got a lot of people, and if I fight him, it's not gonna go well. Let's shack up. They don't actually fuck, though, who knows, they might have Romans. I doubt they did. They really hated each other. Also had the same surrogate father, which would have made it weird. Romans. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Move it forward. There is no evidence to indicate that they actually shacked up, but they joined up. Um, there isn't any evidence for Freddie Mercury and David Bowie either, but I choose to believe. Just because your ship is a battleship doesn't mean it's not a ship. It's a very strong ship. I agree. But after they ally up, they ally up with some other guy, Lepidus. Yeah, that's Lepidus. Um, pretty much totally inconsequential. Uh, the third triumvir of the second triumvirate. Um, but after some time, essentially the negotiations for Anthony and Octavian joining together are figuring out, okay, who's going to die and who's not? And Anthony, who's probably still pissed off after the 18 orations against Anthony or the 12 orations, whatever it is, um, goes, nope, Cicero needs to die because he threw way too much shade. So Antony pretty much orders Cicero's death and goes, Hi, also bring me back his tongue and his hands. Ooh, nice touch. And those get nailed to the door of the Senate. Damn. <laughs> subtle. That's some um, big old subtlety. In fact, if you've seen the show Rome, you see that scene. I, I heard that was a fantastic show. I uh, haven't it was watched yeah. it. I, I, I did think that was a very good show. Yeah. It was. I am still sad they canceled it. A lot like Deadwood. I'm also sad they canceled Deadwood. Oh, uh, yeah. Deadwood was good, too. So yeah, Cicero's um, insulting parts get nailed to the door of the Senate. Because you don't piss off Mark Antony, unless you're at the head of an army, which Octavian was and did, and then beat Mark Antony, so you know. Fun times in the late Republic. Yeah! Political purges for everybody. But nevertheless, even though it's all terrible, like, getting into the heads of these people is impossible. A, because they're dead. Thank God they're all dead. Um, but B, because there's not necessarily always enough writing. So you can't really find the thing where somebody replies to Cicero's orations and goes, oh, this is what I thought about that. I'm writing in this journal for future generations to know what I thought. That doesn't happen. Of course it doesn't. Why would it? Why would things be easy? You just know that it worked out pretty well, because at least Anthony was really pissed about it. And it did kind of work to, you know, get Anthony to fuck off for a hot minute before he came back with the Legion. And trying to figure that out works like that's what I try to do when I'm doing world building or running D&D. Just being like, okay, how... Tell us a bit more about world building and how Rome and knowledge and because theoretical pacifism plays into it. Uh, the theoretical pacifism plays into it because it's hard for me to understand the minds of people who order the deaths of tens or hundreds of thousands of people. Um, that's good. That's a good sign for you. That's, well, that it is, is but healthy. it also makes it really hard to write those people. Part of me wishes I could understand that, but then I remember I'd be a bad person. But it's a lot of mental gymnastics and being like, okay, how could someone think that? And in a weird way, it ties into the current. And being like, okay, how the fuck does anybody think like this? How does anyone get to that point? And 
you know, oh god, this is gonna sound patronizing and pretentious as shit. You're a white man, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Sorry. I'm not sorry, it's okay, go for it. That's a straight white man, thank you. <laughs> just gonna double down on the bullshit. Um, just layer it. Yeah, exactly. Um, of no, I am the trifecta of privilege. But yeah, at the risk of sounding pretentious as shit, um, you can partially understand it when people have been in the same area for most of their lives and don't get out and don't have access to, say, media that spans over the entire globe. It becomes easy to think that other people are out for your blood or that they have to die for you to live if you have literally no chance of meeting them. And I don't think it's right, but I can understand that psychology. But I don't get it for people who have traveled. For people who have traveled, it becomes confusing and terrifying, because it's like you've been places, you've talked to these people, that you are viewing as subhuman. How? Privilege. How do you maintain, and an army. How do you maintain that viewpoint when you, you've seen that these people are just like you in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's I mean, baffling. I mean, you think about like the 1920s anthropologists like sitting in their armchairs being like, oh yes, the progress of civilization towards us, where we are now, from all these other people who are not us. Yes, we can draw a line where we progressed from that. Um, rationality is a really fucking awful thing sometimes. But, so a lot of the understanding, like, becomes a case of, like, okay, well, how can I make this slightly more complex? And, like, the easiest way to make characters complex is to be like, okay, this is, in every single respect, a good person, but also they're kind of racist. How do players in D&D campaigns interact with that? Um, and what I found is that normally the first reaction to that is beating that person. Let me also clarify this right now before it sounds like what I'm worried it's sounding like. No, this is not me endorsing uh, racism or right-wing bullshit. This is me pointing out that there does end up being something of a cycle where person A is shitty, person B goes, you're being shitty to me, person A goes, fuck you, person B goes, fuck you, and then it continues. That's what we say, escalation, yeah. Yes, escalation occurs, and the more escalation occurs, the deeper entrenched you get. And because I just realized how much that sounded like some of the dumb bullshit I've heard from people where it's like, oh, you know, the, the far left drive people to the far right. Fuck you. I really hope assholes aren't listening to our podcast, but okay. you know what you want. Cool. I mean, um, comments are going to happen no matter what. Uh, they will, but you know what? A hit is a hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're so gay. We're super gay. I, I, I'm not. So, yeah, Warren isn't, but Allie and I are. So, and if, I'm also Jewish. If any of this kind things, of any of those things bother you, kind of. please leave. You brought me here to talk about Romans, so I'm not going to start talking about the Basques. Um, particularly, I'm not going to talk about the really, really racist views that everyone had toward the Basques. Though, man, what the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> but since we're talking about the Basques, let's talk more about the Romans, because we can. Because sure enough, the Romans at some point... Uh, what is that face? Is that a face that I need to... What? Oh, no. Oh. I have no control over my She has literally no oh, control over Oh, I, I thought it was like a time face No, thing. like no, her no. face does things and I, she just I, can't control it. 
I am honestly like I've had professors be like, "You don't look convinced," and I'm be like, "I can't control my face. <laughs> it just does things independently of my brain." Yep. Um. So yeah, since we're talking about the Bosques, who, as a random side note, are a fairly independent pre-Indo-European slash Celtic invasion linguistic and ethnic group in the south of France, north of Iberia, and remained that way for pretty much most of the recorded or oral existence that we have of them. Um, which is impressive because at some point the Carthaginians were around. And we're like, hey, work with us. And they worked with them, and then they saw the Bosque, saw Carthage burn to the ground twice. Um, hi, Rome. We're back. Um, Shit. Yeah, they burned that city to the ground and salted the earth. Um, uh, literally salted the earth? I believe so. Uh, that's cute. Uh, I'm never sure. I forget if they literally salted it or if they just said, no one's allowed to live here anymore forever. I think it's the latter. So it's cursed. That's what you're saying. I mean, there is a city there now, but... Well, but it was cursed at one point. Does it count as a curse if it's just like, if you move here, we're going to murder you? I yes. Say that's that. a very effective curse. Well, right, but it's, it's not like the ghosts are going to kill you. It's no. Like it's us not, humans. It's not yeah. like the, the creepy beasties in the dark. Yeah, it's like we're the creepy beasts that are in the supernatural. Dark. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as it turns out, the monsters are all dead, and the worst monsters that remain are the ones lurking in the darkness of our own hearts. That um, was so what? deep. Wow, but it's true. But it was that's true and deep. I'm very edgy. <laughs> edgy. edgy, and all the devils are here. Edgy. Um, I'm exceptionally edgy, but I'm actually not. <laughs> um, but yeah, returning to Rome and like the way they interacted with the Bosque, and it's interesting to see because the Romans despite being warmongering genocidal lunatics would look at a culture and go okay how can we interface with this group mm. and like the genocide was always the last resort which doesn't make it okay but you know at least it wasn't the first resort I don't know it was always like okay you know what if they're open to trade and they're not murdering our people we don't fuck with them. and the Bosque were one of that they were like you know you can keep your um, you can keep your local laws and your traditions and your structures uh, just pay us money now and again and give us safe passage through your territory and we'll be fine. Um, and thus the Basque survived the Roman reign. Um, it was actually the, I think the Christians and also the Muslims that ended up giving them trouble. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, oh, good for the Basques, because I know, you know, many, many years after that in, in Spain, when the Spanish Catholics um, said, hey, we're going to let you peacefully coexist with us as long as you pay us money. That lasted for literally like months. Like, that was it. The Inquisition was pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, I could second that. Um, also, Catholicism from, like, the 16th century onward was pretty bad. Yes. Agrees me, a Catholic. Hi, I'm an Irish Catholic. Me too. Woo! <laughs> Alcoholism <laughs> in denial. <We> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, like, and that's a way of looking at, wow, we are fucking dragging the train right back on the rails. Sliding back into things slowly instead of jumping straight from Catholicism to pre-Christianity. To Rome. Sometimes it is. It is in this current period because yeah. like Carthage would have been destroyed 143 BC? Yeah, so. So we got like 150 years yeah. to Christ being a thing. And a while too before the Romans brushed up against the Jewish world to boot. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of interactions between the Romans and any of the Judeo-Christian religions at this point. Or the Abrahamic religions. But yeah, it kind of gave a lot of what the Romans did, which is like, often it was like, look, just just make the occasional sacrifice to our gods so that we're not offended, and give us money now and again, and don't attack us, and we're good. And that was about 90% of what they did with any natives they ran into. The other 10%'s not that, though. What, what's, the, what's the not that? What about the other 10%, you ask? <laughs> well, let's talk about the Gauls. 
Let's talk about Caesar in Gaul. Hi, he's not dead anymore. We've dragged his body from the grave, resurrected him, um, and we're now talking about what he did in Gaul. Oh, fuck Christ. Who isn't around yet. Yes. <laughs> uh, Christ has not yet been born. Caesar in Gaul. So a lot of it is the, I'm gonna, typical imperialist expansion. That is in air quotes, because it's still really bad. And it's still a lot of diplomacy to try to maneuver things around toward your positioning. And saying, like, well, these allied tribes are dealing with these other tribes. We should get the allied tribes to call us in to fight these other groups. Okay, that seems reasonable enough. Oh, oh, the allied tribes want us to leave now. Let's not leave yet. Let's stick around. Um, and thus became the Gallic campaign. And that was a lot of debt. Gaul was not great. I assume that means murder and genocide. Funnily enough, this one wasn't the genocide. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, no, the Gallic campaigns were mostly uh, Varangetorix rising up with the Gallic army. Uh, so you end up having... You don't end up having the ethnic cleansing that you need to call it a genocide. So much of that was in air quotes, and I apologize for sounding callous. But you do have a lot of people who die because what happens when two people who have controls of armies disagree, instead of doing the decent thing and stabbing each other to death, they make sure everybody else gets involved. So everybody else gets involved and there's, you know, suffering across what is now modern France. The genocide part was when, shortly before the Gallic campaign, a bunch of Germanic tribes crossed over the Rhine, and Caesar went to meet those tribes. And... It went so well! <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The way that Germanic tribes operated at the time is that it wasn't, oh, this is an incursion of the military. It was, this is the entire culture. This is everybody. So when you beat an army in the field and then push through to the camps and the wagons, you're no longer fighting soldiers, you're fighting some uh. um, Yeah, those were Caesar's genocides, essentially. Mm. Um, was the... I know the Nervi were one of the tribes. I've forgotten the other ones. A whole lot of really bad... Because that's what all these people do when they're in power is murder a whole lot. It's great. Caesar, the Nervi. Uh, the Helvetici? Helvetica is a font, as far as I know. Helvetici, which was a Germanic tribe generally viewed as very warlike. Well, Helvetica has a whole new loaded meaning now that I can't use anymore. Well, Helvetica. Helvetica is like one vowel of difference from the font name. Vowels matter. <laughs> you know, not in Hebrew. Oh. They're invisible in Hebrew. Damn. Burn. Rome, genocides, and world building. Because sometimes to know how to do world building, you need to study genocide. Let's talk about world building a bit more. And maybe cults? Roman cults? Or let's not get sidetracked, my dude. Column A, column B, they're kind of in the same tier. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Run with it. Um, because the idea of cults in Rome is pretty cool. Though really metal, but pretty cool. Yes. All of these. So, cults, because... A lot of people listen up and be like, oh yeah, a cult. That's the thing where it's like not Christianity, right? So like, I guess, yeah, but really for Rome, every religious group was a cult. They were all cults. It was like cult of, we follow this god. This is a cult. There were no, institu there was no centralized, institutionalized religion. Like, you know, the ones that we have now. Therefore, everything was a cult, and that was just how it worked, and that's the way it was. Not only was there not stigma, like, you should, you were part of a cult. You were probably part of, like, three cults. Um, because, yeah, you know, you want to be going after the war dude when you're murdering people, and you want to be going after the fertility folk when you're trying to get grain, um, and you want to be going after the house person when you don't want your house to burn down. Like, no, no calling your dad with these cults. Just hey, yes. hey, hey, murderinos. Actually, you can be culty cults. with this one. So be culty if you're in ancient Rome. Yes. 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 Be culty in ancient Rome. Don't be culty in 2019 America <laughs> because then you're like part of a megachurch and it's weird. Uh, cults in Rome are pretty cool. 
They liked a lot of that blood stuff. Yeah, what a way to phrase it. So they burned all the fats of the animals, like the goats and the bulls and shit. And then we're like, okay, cool, we've done that. Let's eat. And you got all the meat in place. It's like, ah, wash your hands first, at least. So cult's pretty cool, and you can take those off and, like, and I do it with world building because I hate institutionalized religions in world building. I don't know what else to say. Um, I was like, yeah, there's all these cults around, and you can join up with some of them, and some of them are going to be evil because it's fantasy tropes, but a lot of them are just people trying to live their lives. The first step is you take it one-to-one -one into whatever world of creation you have. And it veers away from the Romans, but like for me, like, you know, I'll usually look at three cultures. Uh, one of the ones that I've done recently was like, okay, I'm going to look at, you know, loose uh, representations of, you know, uh, feudal Japanese culture, uh, cased Indian culture, and early Nordic culture. Early being end of the Viking Golden Age. Like, okay, I'm gonna take all these things and just synthesize the shit out of them. The analogy is that you take, like, one of those big fucking food processors and you dump all the shit in, and then you run it on blend for like 14 hours. And then whatever comes out doesn't look like any of the things that you put in. And you look really smart, even though you're a hack. So, Similar thing with the cults is that often just like, okay, I'm going to take this cult and their practices and I'm going to drop them in the food processor. And then I'm going to grab, say, a megachurch from 21st century America and drop it in the food processor. And I'm going to grab, um, I don't know, Spanish fascism. Because let's get something fucked up in there. Why not? And you drop it in the food processor. And then you go, okay, well, what else do I want to put in here? Let's put, um... Let's reach in with our hands and take out some of, like, the really bad shit. Because this is consumption for other people and, like, you don't want to put Spanish fascism in without diluting it with, you know, something else or taking out some of the bad shit. And then you go, okay, now I'm going to pour in um, a bottle of whiskey because sometimes you need a bottle of whiskey. But jokes aside, you now have a culture that, like, has a strong basis and you can make it a community basis around alcohol. To be fair, that's true of most cultures. And then you hold down the blend button for, like, 12 hours and you just kind of, like, push it out to the side while you're doing work. And once it's done, you pour it out into a glass and go, all right, what the fuck have I just made? And you mix, you know, whatever, Spanish fascism plus um, Roman mystery cults, and you call them Roman mystery cults, but like... And what was the third thing? Right, modern-day megachurches. Um, so you blended all these things together, so you have something that is nationwide, Spain. You have something that is large community-wide, uh, megachurches, and you have something that is specific. So you can go, okay, well, a... We're going to call this a religious political group. We're going to say that they are not in power, because fuck it, why not? We're going to say that the smallest amounts are two or three families together. The next ones over are maybe scattered families from the nearest eight villages, and that they do have a political representation in the main government, which, for shits and giggles, while not representative, is, you know, a gathering of chieftains, and two of the outspoken ones are part of our um, Spanish megachurch mystery cult. Um, and just like that, you've got a lot of setting shit done. It's like Magical Mystery Tour, except it's Spanish megachurch mystery cult. And yes. it's far less pacifist. I would oh, yeah. <laughs> See, um, but, but people are going to think that we're talking about a Spanish megachurch mystery and cult. And they'll click on the fucking episode <laughs> and look at them now. They're here. Oh, boy. Enjoy. What a ride. <laughs> I pity you. What a ride. Or you're living your best life. Make good choices. Also possible. Um... But, like, by and large, a lot of it is just that blended together what seems like disparate elements from history. So, you know, you grabbed early 20th century Spain, current America, and, like, Rome circa 50 AD. Now this is a thing. And now, you know, you grab the aesthetic and just, like, okay, I want fucking togas with feathers, because fuck it. And everybody's got a lot of bone jewelry, because bones are cool. And what? 
everybody carries a um, unfinished sword that is essentially the horn of a bull fashioned into a hilt uh, without the actual sword part. And that is a ceremonial sign of office. There you go. We're done. World it's building. a world. And then we give it a name that sounds faintly English, Spanish, and Latin. The this bottle approach. There you go. That sounds very German. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce romantic languages. If only Sophia hadn't gone to get pizza. Je parle français. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spot a crutch, so like a spot a sword in Spanish. Crutch, because I just took the C off of church, and then I just put them together. Spot a So the end-all be-all is that we should study history, because in studying history, not only do we avoid making the same mistakes again, though even that phrase is trite and cliche, but more to the point, we can see good things that shitty people have done and take those good things, not being shitty people, and go, how do we do this good thing now? Or you can take methodologies that perhaps shitty people have done or beliefs that they had but either could not or would not or did not hold true to. Because whether or not they were awful, and most of them were, at the end of the day, a lot of them didn't know, because that's the fucking nature of systemic bullshit. You don't know you're being a piece of shit. We know you're being a piece of shit, but we've had 2,000 years of foresight, so get fucked, Marcus Aurelius, you genocidal jackass. <laughs> so, yeah, it's important to look at really shitty periods of history, or rather, periods of history in which immensely shitty things happen, and go, okay, Marcus Aurelius did a lot of really nasty shit and should be judged for all of it. But he's been dead for 2,000 years. So instead of focusing on how much if he was a bad person, let's say, okay, he was a bad person because he did the genocide twice and also elevated his son, who was by all accounts a monster in the making. And then we can look at the genocide one and without explaining it, be like, okay, if you're in a situation where every single time you try to make peace with somebody, they go back to murdering civilians and you're a Roman emperor and all you know is war, what do you do? You shouldn't do genocide. You shouldn't do genocide. And See, for one thing away from this podcast, you should not do genocide. Do not do genocide. Yes. Um, it's the worst thing, actually. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of awful things that it. it Genocide's it, up there. It's in that camp of being like one of the most awful. Yeah. No. There. There are ways to make a to make an opposing opposing culture air quotes here, uh, peaceful without just killing everybody. Uh, yes. Don't don't do that. That's not okay. Um, and then the other really shitty thing he did is he elevated his son, Commodus. And if you've watched Gladiator, you know who Commodus is. I believe not as bad in reality than he was in the movie, but still, like, really fucking awful. Not Karakawa. Karakawa was fucking dog shit. Anyway. But he elevated his son, who by all accounts was going to be a monster, and sure enough, ended up being a fucking monster. Mm -hmm. And of course he did that. Because he had two choices. Either it was elevate his son or kill his son. Life is complicated. It comes at you very quickly. And um, when you're in power, it's even worse. Uh, genocide's bad. If it benefits the greater good, murder your family. Don't take that one away. Leave that one here in my tipsy voice. Ancient one culture was a total shit show. <laughs> so is modern culture. History is complicated and people are complex. And rarely are there situations in which somebody is just straight up a villain. Um, and even when they are straight up villains, you can find the reasonings for why they did what they did and go, okay, how do I understand this? If not for the sake of understanding, but for being able to say, okay, these are all the factors that went into this. I know what to look out for and to try to stop should I ever see it. Also... Cato's oratories against Mark Anthony were pretty good. You should go read those. Fucking Cato through sh uh, Cicero through shade. Not Cato. Cato was a dick. Cicero Cato, was... Not Cato's 
but Cicero. Yeah, Cato the Elder was an asshole. Cicero was Roman, therefore an asshole, but less of one. Go go read Cicero's oratories against Mark Antony. Like Jesus Christ. Man, if I could have, but it's Ow. very hard to get hands on. I would have gotten some uh, Pliny the Elder beer for this. Yeah. But that is a very hard beer to get your hands on. Yes, it is. Anyway, in conclusion, Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> and, Despacito remix. And thank I'm you, Warren. Bye! Yay! Bye.